You're listening to Talk Jive Radio. I'm Kelly. I'm the only damn Indian in studio, but that doesn't mean I can't call other damn Indians and see what they are doing. And uh, right now, thank you so much to Kiowa legislator from District 4, Jesse Speedock. He is on the phone and joining us on the show. Hey, Jesse, how are you? Okay, quarantined. Quarantine now. Um, now you self quarantine pretty early because you are you actually came back from Washington D.C. when this kind of started. Um, yeah, correct. Well, um, I was actually a week before that. I was in Las Vegas attending the Res Twenty Twenty conference, which was awesome, by the way. And um, well, from there, there were suspected some individuals that we possibly had in contact with that tested later on tested for COVID nineteen. So it was kind of like a concern, but we didn't find this out until I was already in D.C. the following week after that. And uh, meeting with uh, some of our tribal officials during the, um, the Southern Plains, I was actually acting as a Southern Plains regional rep for our budget committee. And um, during the end of our conference there, um, CDC came and gave a little briefing to the rest of oh, Sorry, I'm getting phone calls from district members, too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they told us that uh, possible infections could be already inside of there in D.C. So it was concerned to call back and let our legislative speaker know my dealings and talk to the chairman Kamalti about, you know, possible infection. And we all came to agreement that self-quarantine instead of coming back and bringing it to our elders or tribal members that work at the complex. So it was a combined uh, decision to make just to self-quarantine. Now, let's talk about how you guys are meeting in the face of this, because uh, the Kiowa tribe has seven legislative districts, and that's just the legislative branch. And then there's the executive branch, which also um, has the chair and the vice chair. So how are y'all coordinating during this time to make sure that your tribal members are getting what they need? Well, um Right now, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm on the phone and texting and talking to you at the same time, sorry. Um, well, currently right now, we have a somewhat of a system in place by phone contact because I'm, I'm self-quarantining text right now because I've already exposed my kids. And um, and like I said, we're hunkered down and we're not even having any contact with anybody just through phones. And all I have with me is my phone's and my iPad. So I'm practically working out of district and Luckily, I have some good volunteers back at the tribe in my district. Um, but we're mainly contacting each other by phone. And um, we're getting a lot of business done, actually, through phone. Like, we had our conference meeting over the emergency session um, with um, the legislative branch and the executive branch over uh, getting funds released to our districts. So the $10,000 that was released just recently came from the legislative branch's budget. Now, each legislative district, though, you guys all have a different way that you're dispersing this 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 money, right? I mean, is that up to each individual legislator to decide how these funds get dispersed? Um, yeah, actually, it was it was a general consensus between us all of what we wanted to do in our districts. Um, some had. I guess agreements to help just only the elders. I didn't agree with that because we also have family members here, young adults, and we also have older population that take care of the grandkids that are not elders, like 52-year-olds and even at the borderline of 60 and 61. They don't qualify for the elders only, but yet 
you can't just misplace them either just because they're not elders. Well, and you have so, a lot of disabled members, too, who are not elders. Correct. And that was some of my concerns, too, as, as far as proceeding. But what we didn't take into account is, you know, we had checks already cut out in our name, and we had a decision to make as well, do we accept this money because it's written in our name, and that's a violation of the Constitution. So we still have a mandate to uphold our Constitution during this crisis. So what we all decided is go through our social services, just allocate the money for our districts, and we would distribute to our district members. But like I said, we all had disagreements on how we should disassociate uh, it, but the general concept was to take care of our elders first. That was that was all seven district legislators agreed to do that. Okay, just, so if the different. elders are the priority, um, mm-hmm. what I'm seeing a lot of, and I don't really necessarily see it from you a lot, though I have seen it, is these notifications on Facebook and social media. I mean, if we're talking about helping elders, there are a lot of elders who don't have social media or who don't even use the internets. My grandma right. is an 87-year-old Kiowa elder, and she doesn't, if, if I wouldn't have just happened, happened upon that, and I'm not a Kiowa tribal member, so if I mm-hmm. wouldn't have just happened upon it, she wouldn't have even known there was assistance at all. Right, and, and so how how is the legislature a, working to to really contact those people? Is there a list? Is there a database? Is there some? Is there a place that elders can call, or do they have to well, rely on their own individual legislator? Well, it's basically a, a both in part true on both accounts, but it's also um, there's a lot of information that goes into your question. Um, for one, it, it's a lot of responsibility for the legislature to know their population to get to know their constituents. And for issues and situations like this, you have to be able to know, contact people, getting a hold of them, getting getting aid to them whenever they need it. So a lot of this misconception is, uh, well, you have to call your legislator to get assistance. Well, for our district, I, don't, I can't speak for the other districts because I did mine a lot different than what they did because they just strictly went on elders and that was it. That's all they helped. But like I said, I had concerns with the younger population, too, as well, like the, the 30-year-olds and the 40-year-olds, the half-families that are recently laid off. But we also have to come in, con- in context that those who are working do already qualify for uh, the state assistance and the federal assistance. I believe it's already a mandate. So kind of give you a situation I am. I'm only operating off my phones and my iPad. I don't have my actual contact list that's in my office in Lawton. Um, I usually carry around with me, but for this trip, I didn't even take it because, you know, I was in D.C. and I didn't think I would need it at the time. But, like I said, every legislator has a contact list per their district. But it also goes back to the legislator as following back to your constituents, you know, the personal relationship you, you know, you conduct with them. Because I've said this before, just because you go and campaign for votes in the beginning, that relationship continues on throughout your, your term. And now we're seeing shortfalls from other legislators not having that personal contact with people, and then you're relying on those people to contact back, which is a good thing. The only way I could see it fairly in my district, because everyone knows Kyle's when you throw some money in the water, everybody's trying to swim to it, and everyone gets upset that they didn't get on the list or they didn't get money from it. But there's so much money to go around, you can't fund everybody. And our Kiowa tribe is not set up, just like the federal government. We're not set up to disperse money immediately to people. It's just not set up that way. But what we are learning are creating new standards of how to do this. 
And um, it's something that I'm trying to create myself as well as far as compiling a list or those who didn't get help this list. Um, we'll be on the first to get help this second list if there is a future disbursement. So we made a decision in our district is to take care of the majority of the elders that do call in and those that I've already called, like the ones who I know who definitely don't have social media, I've personally contacted them and tell them they're on the list and got in touch with them. And plus they're relying on family members that, like I said before in, in our other conversations we had with you guys, is that well, all these Kiowa members have come out of the woodworks because they hear money, and now they're Kiowa and they're in my district. So that's an issue is people never really make that initial contact, you know, participating in the monthly meetings, the conversations, coming to the office and communicating with your legislator because that's a big part of being a rep is knowing your constituents and your constituents knowing you. Yeah, so but you your constituents, it's not your constituents' responsibility to make sure that you know that they're Kiowa, though. You know what I mean? Just because they don't participate in the process doesn't make them any less Kiowa or make them any less deserving of benefits. And this goes for any tribe. I'm talking about any tribe. It's not just Kiowas. You, you just happen to be from the Kiowa tribe. But I'm seeing this yeah. across, like, a lot of different tribes. And I'm trying to get as yeah, many well, leaders well, the, as on as I can to, to see how, how everybody's kind of dealing with this because— and, and you know, my grandma's not in your district, and and I would mm -hmm. probably be a whole lot less concerned about it if I didn't actually, if she wasn't a Kiowa, if she was another tribe or what, but, you know, this directly affects her, and this, and, you yeah. know, the district that she's in, it has, I mean, every district has a lot of Kiowas, I think, because they're everywhere, but, you know, there's there's a lot of concern from what I see just about, you know, the first come, first serve thing uh -huh. and you know there might be tribal members who may not have needed tribal help before now you know right. and, and so well, like I said, that goes back to the original question about participation you know like you can't just be a kiowa sitting back and always have your hand out i mean your participation is going as far as voting and, a, and a, getting that personal relationship with your legislator so your legislator knows who you are so it, it goes back to self-responsibility to a Kiowa, but we also have to understand that I have to understand that not everybody can contact you because not everybody has a phone or social right. media or they can make it there. I get that. Right. But yet everyone has a phone and everyone has a way to contact you when we disperse money, which is kind of unfair to the legislator branch as well. You know, like, oh, you can't blame us for this. Well, we didn't even know you existed. Just a name on a paper. But what we've also come to find out that on our list, we have a lot of Kiowa tribal members who have a, a home address, as per se, where they get their ballots and stuff saying they're a registered voter in that district. But yet they don't even live in that district. We have people who live in Oklahoma City, people who live in Colorado, New Mexico, all over the United States, but yet their home address is in Carnegie. You get what I'm saying? So for voting privileges and tribal membership roll numbers and their associated their home address is actually located for Carnegie, they would only be having benefits for the Carnegie area. So the problem is that whenever you get tribal members that say, Oh, I'm in your district, well, that comes to proving not proving that you're Kiowa or not, but yet do you live in the district? Because each district I'm talking about this specific reason, um, is our districts were granted we were authorized to um, allocate ten thousand dollars per district to take care of our district membership. But yet now we have people coming in 
saying, oh, I live in your district because this other district ran out of money. So you got people trying to flip flop. And that's, that's, that's understandable, but people move. We get that. But then again, it goes back to responsibilities of the tribal member to get in contact with uh, your government instead of just relying on having things available when it need be. You know, I, I'm not sitting here trying to soapbox and say shame on you, shame on that. It's just, it's just the communication that needs to be improved. And I'm trying hard to get information that I'm currently collecting as to getting better information out to all our constituents. And I think that should really be the goal is is to get the best information out there and to to be reassuring. What I have mm-hmm. not seen from. Well, I, I can't say I haven't seen it from anybody west of 35 because uh, Governor Wassene did a very great has done a very great job of um, continuing to communicate with his people and continuing to try to make everybody uh, try to be as calm as they can. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really seeing that from a lot of other um tribes and within the Kiowa tribe, and this is, I mean, and and you brought this up, it seems like it's a competition of where can, uh, for the, for the Kiowas of where can I get these funds and for the legislators of, well, I got to show that I'm doing the most case in point. And I don't know which district this happened in. I just happened to see the Facebook post and it was, was, it uh, was volunteers who were who were taking grocery baskets inside elders' homes and like taking selfies yeah. with the elders. I don't know which district well, it was, but well, I, was, uh, I was like, please, if you're going to take uh, something to my grandma, can you just leave it on her porch? <laughs> well, it was. Um, I don't want to say names, but you don't uh, have to say it names. A- it's like I said, I I'm not even sure which district it is, but it, it's like I said, there's it it that kind of stuff. It lends to like we're having a competition of who can do more, and yeah, to me, well, that's where that's, it gets well, lost me, in the mid. That's me it's a concern to me, and of, I'm not even a tribal member. My grandma's just caught up in it. So yeah, well, let me give you the baseline of that story. Well, the the issue came up as what are we doing? Well, we're well, a couple of individuals, some some ladies down there in Lawton area, my my district and district five included. Um, I guess, you know, they're trying to make a, I, I would say it's more political than it is the benefit of it, because, you know, if you're going to help someone out, just go help them. You don't have to broadcast it and say, oh, you've done this, done that. But I've talked to those individuals and, and they were just taking, basically taking their own initiative to help our elders, which was fine. I had no problem with that. But when they're starting to ask, you know, for personal information of our constituents, you know, it kind of gets murky waters there because it's a security issue. Like I don't know who these personally individuals are and I don't know if I should be giving this information out. Um, I could contact those people and see if they want to do it that way. But other than that, it's, it's a community effort, which I applaud them for doing that. But Absolutely. Then again, it, but then again, it turns it for somehow it, I, I felt the notion it was a political stunt in itself because you know, it was basically saying, okay, well, we we know we have a legislature coming up on re-election, and I really don't deem that it's even appropriate to use something like this for election purposes. It's not. Um, <laughs> but that's what it originally was. So those individuals that were doing this had motivation to do that. Um, but like you said, it is a competition whenever the tribe gives out money because it is first come, first serve. But the problem is, it's it's basically 
how much is on the plate that everyone can eat from. And $10,000 seems like a lot to some people that want per cap. Oh, there's $10,000, but just think of it. We're only able to fund 80 people with $125 a month uh, each. And Holbert, every district had the same amount of $10,000. And Holbert, Ben Wolf allocated 40 members to get $200. And then in District 1, Angela McCarthy's district, she allocated, I think it was 67 or 57 members to get allocated from the 10,000. So we have fluctuations in, in member base within the districts. And that's, that's a concern to me because, you know, so it was even brought up on social media that, you know, how come one district has less people in it than versus another district, such as Holbert and our district in Lawton, which is district, uh, I think district six, six and four. There's a big gap in, in people. So I was like, why does one district get more than another? But that came out of each individual district budget. So it goes back to the question is our federal government, how are we funded? And people people complain, people gripe, and they want change. They want per caps and stuff. But like I said, if we didn't have some money stored up and ready to available within our own budgets, we wouldn't able to distribute $10,000 per district. At all, So huh? it goes back to the government. Yeah, there's, there would be nothing. But yet people would have their their percentage of that $6 million per per member, but a lot of people don't understand. There's a lot of money there, but when you start adding in the numbers per member, that money disappears quickly. Yeah, I think that one so, of the things that I see um, just on the Kiowa social media is I think that a lot of Kiowas fail to realize how many Kiowas there are. I mean, yeah. the Kiowas are one of the larger tribes in the United States. By membership. Well, I wouldn't say the largest, but... I said one of the largest. A, I know they're not the largest. Yeah. But they're, oh, they, yeah. they have... Actually, I mean, y'all have over 10,000 members. Yeah, actually, we're close to about 13,000 now. So, yeah. Um, so that's... That is a lot. That is a lot of of money when you mm-hmm. when you think about, well, here's $10,000. Well, you have 13,000 members. It's like you, the math doesn't ever work out. It's like, no, no, no. That's not how math works. There's, I mean, right. that's that's not a, a lot when well, you're talking about that. how um, many Indians there yeah. are in Anadarko, how many Indians there are in Lawton. And y'all have two districts in Lawton, and there's still not an—I mean, that's how many Kiowas there are down there. Yeah, well, speaking about just the—I know we're getting off the original project uh, project conversation of COVID-19, but to hit on that $6 million, this, I've had this conversation many of times with constituents and other people who oppose the $6 million, but— the reality of it is that six million does not go directly to the tribe for per capita because for one we don't have a per cap set up and no. we don't have a wrap set up so that's out of the question and two if we were to take that casino money and just distribute it to people we're in violation of nigc which is a federally fun, uh, guided guidelines for the tribe to operate and within those guidelines there's a percentage of income that should be addressed to the Kiowa tribe for per cap but from that six million, there's operational costs, and then there's uh, government funding. So anything that's left over, that's just a percentage of the six million. That also has to be distributed amongst the thirteen thousand. But it's something I've always had a problem with as a legislator, as a young official, is saying, um, why do we have to just cater just only to our elders? You know, that's part of the reason why we're in a situation right now. I mean, I'm not blasting our eldership, but you know, our previous um, leaders in the past, our previous uh, know-it-alls, 
um, actually put us in this position. They were at a, at a age, age that I am now, should have been in politics, correcting those stuff. But we're seeing residue from past, le- uh, past leadership that's been carrying on all these years. And it's the same type of uh, generation that's been controlling that. You know, that generation's been part of the embezzlement. That generation's pay- making bad decisions for loans for the tribe. And it's the same generation. And, you know, like, I understand taking care of elders. I respect the elders to the utmost. But the fact is, you know, we can't just totally depend on our elders for payment because that eldership is growing. Um, like a couple years ago or a year ago that we've, the Kawa tribe voted on to reduce the eldership to 62. It was at 65, but we reduced it to 62. And also to increase the elder payment to $1,000. But this goes into effect of no one really did financial analytics of how it was going to affect the tribe or how we were even going to pay it. We just had a, a generation that went in there and said, hey, we're, I'm 61 and I'm going to be 62 and I want $1,000. And people just curiously voted on and try to pass it through KIC, but a lot of people don't understand there's a lot of checks and balances after that. It has to go to the legislative branch and also has to go to the executive branch. And then yet people get mad. Oh, we voted on this already. Well, that goes on the point. There's checks and balances now. It's not like how our KBC used to operate where it was uncle passes law and Segi passed this and Cone do this. It, that's those days are done. There is a process that has to be involved, and a lot of people just don't understand it, or they just don't want to participate because they just want to go back to the old constitution how it was done. But like I said, to go back to the whole thing about there's about close to about twelve, twelve thousand five hundred thirteen thousand tribal members. It's a large number, and yet our tribe only benefits from gaming revenue really. And there's there's some like oil and gas money, but it's not much to carry on. The tribe makes about internally uh, from our oil and gas um, there's a set amount number which you can barely pay our elder payment but this is something i advise to our chairman and to other legislators that we have to get an economic development board going and we have to get our own enterprises going for reasons like this because once our gaming shut down we lose a majority of our revenue and a lot of people don't understand that and it's, it's kind of frustrating and banging my head on walls like telling hey expand get business going invest into things but it's kind of hard when you're you're the young legislator and know your place boy (laughs) well but the Uh, thing is and and just on a side note and i really wish any tribe west of i-35 would get a comprehensive tarot program Tribal Environmental Rights Office, um, you can help your tribal members get jobs, and that is um, a way that uh, it's a tax where tribes can actually garner revenue uh, from a different way. So I really wish somebody here in uh, in western Oklahoma would, would take my advice on tarot because it's well, a way fine. that you well, can really that's... involve your tribe um, with the with the overall business enterprises in your jurisdiction. Now I'm off my tarot yeah, soapbox. Um, <laughs> well, that's, that's yeah, I, I understand what you mean about being, being the younger legislator. How are, and, and, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you especially is because you're not afraid to make your, to make your uh, opinion known and you're not afraid to take a stand even in the face of everybody else doing something different. And you're not afraid mm-hmm. to actually tell the truth about what's going on. 
And so I thank you oh, so much for, for yeah. coming on and, and talking to us about this. And um, and just real quick, um, while we have a few minutes, let's talk about recovery. We, we've, 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 we, and I say we as a society as a whole, we have spent so much time concentrated on this quarantine. What are we looking forward to? How is tribal leadership looking forward to recovery? Or is it too soon? Well, yeah, well, this is a debated issue and a topic of its own too that okay well once we're going to like myself i'm taking myself as an example i self-quarantined before i even came back and infected anybody within the tribe uh, i've only exposed my kids that was it but the issue is okay once i'm quarantined i know now for sure i don't have it because i haven't been in contact with anybody my quarantine's almost up it was 14 day quarantine april 2nd is when i'm supposed to return but we have issues that tribe that needs dealing with so when do i really need to come off of quarantine well, the issue is not the fact that I know I'm good, I know my kids are good, but me going back to the tribe and going back to work, that comes the real issue and the concern is, okay, I know I'm good, but who else has not been quarantined? That's going yeah, to and now. right. So that is the question that needs to be answered, which, which in turn, like everybody, before you have contact, you have to really make sure they've been quarantined and they don't have ailments. But then again, when you meet back up, you're exposing yourself to the hostilities of it. But there's a lot of fear going around about it. And, you know, people are trying to downplay, oh, it's just like the influenza. Uh, there's this contact. Oh, it's growing at a rapid rate. Yeah, but it's, it's growing. But right now, what this shutdown is doing is helping the, the, uh, the first responders, the doctors and nurses. They're the ones who's really getting exposed. And our elders are getting exposed because this is this. This uh, this disease is attacking them, and so what we're trying to prevent is the influctuation of those getting infected. And the more we have in contact with each other, the more we expose each other to it, and bringing that back to our families or to our elders. So it goes back to the concern of you know trying to keep everybody calm and hostility downplayed. But the rampantness is not just in the Indian community. It's worldwide. People panic. They panic by. And that's what's really causing a lot of this panic is people can't go out there and get get things like toilet paper because people just mass bought a bunch of toilet paper. People buying all the meat in the stores trying to, you know, sell, sell corn to themselves. But yet you have elders, you have young families that need to feed their children because they got big families. Hell, my sister, she has, you know, seven kids. So I'm I'm – like thankful she's able to get through this by getting something, but she told me the stores are empty, and I'm like, well, I can't personally help you because I can't physically be there. But yet, that's my concern about families like that. You know, families, young families with big families, you know, more than four or five kids with them, they need to eat too. Oh, the schools are disputing. That's just two meals, maybe even one meal. But then again, you know, now you got to start thinking of transporting those kids there because the school buses ain't running. So those parents are having to spend their gas money, but if those parents aren't getting money from their jobs, they can't spend that money to get gas. So now you're going to have a fluctuation of problems that's going to start stacking upon each other because they have to spend that money to get their kids fed, vice versa, panic buying in the stores. There's nothing in the shelves. So it goes back to your community, you know, like grocery stores. If you don't have a grocery store that's limiting items, then that's that's something that your community should be addressing to the uh, the store owners. They hey, put an item lock on this. You can only buy a certain amount of goods per transaction. So that goes back to the community of calming things down and stop this panic buying. 
because that's where this hostility is coming from is a lot of people going to stores and they don't have things to eat. And I know I commented on my social media that the only thing that's left is the health food, the organic food. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, a lot of this can be downplayed as far as it just being a typical flu, but it's not. It's very dangerous, and it is killing people. But the reality of it is, you know, how much we limit ourselves and how much we're actually taking care of ourselves and really noticing your own environment that you're in. People you come in contact, washing your hands, using your, you know, your procedures of cleaning yourself. Um, there's things about COVID, people posting uh, on social media, how to prevent things, how to take care of yourself. But then again, it goes back to your own personal awareness. What are you doing personally to protect yourself and your family? And a lot of people don't understand it. It takes a lot of self, uh, self-guidance in your own terms of reality of what you should and shouldn't be doing. Like I know people are out here, um, they haven't gone to work. They're like, oh, I'm going to go play golf. Well, go play golf by yourself, you know, like versus going with a group because you're, then you're exposing a group. It's a good time to really meditate and get to know your family that you're already exposed to. And I've seen this a lot. And a lot of grandparents are able to spend more time with the children. A lot of parents who work, such as myself, I haven't had this much time spending with my kids in almost, I don't know, a year since I've been in office. So this is kind of like a, a benefit for me as a legislator and elected official to spend that time with family and really get to know, get to reconnect with your family. And I think that would calm a lot of people down as far as just getting that relocation of back with your family members and see just going the old school way of talking with them, not text or whatever, whatever, just old school, just physically talk to people, call them on the phone, check on your elders, check on your family and see how they're doing. But to reassure that in our Southwest region, I don't think we even have a case. I don't even know if there's even a Kiowa infected yet. So all this hysteria from other social groups saying, Oh, Kiowa's, you know, we're dying here, but I haven't heard of a Kiowa dying yet of coronavirus. So this is, mass media as a whole because when, when you think about the news you got to think about the, the dynamics of the numbers those numbers cover all united states citizens so the percentage looks scary there's a lot of numbers but in actuality there's there's a lot more people than it is percentage wise does that And I think we lost Jesse Svidog. Good words from him, though. Um, his phone might have died or we just lost a connection. But uh, I do thank Jesse for coming on and talking to us and uh, with his kind words. And just like he said, uh, make sure you keep your communication lines open. Uh, call and check on your elders. Call and check on your family members. And for Pete's sakes, wash your hands. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're Indigenous. We're independent. And we are them damn Indians at Talk Jive Radio.